Hi everybody and welcome back to the Creative Kindergarten Podcast. My name is Amanda and I'm an early childhood educator in Ontario, Canada. And this podcast is a place where I talk about all things kindergarten. I pick a topic for the week and I share my thoughts, my ideas, my learning around that topic. For this week's episode, I have another guest joining me. I have been so uh, lucky, I guess, <laughs> that so many people have been wanting to come onto the podcast lately and share their expertise and their kindergarten knowledge. So I have another amazing guest this week, Annabelle came on to talk about kindergarten relationships. If you have followed my podcast for a while, you know that working in Ontario kindergarten classrooms it usually means that there are two educators in the room. There is an early childhood educator, which is what I am, and a teacher. So having great working relationships in the kindergarten classroom is of utmost importance um, when you're working in this space. And even if you're not in Ontario, we talk about building relationships school-wide and with your maybe your teaching team, maybe your co-teaching, uh, with prep coverage teachers, or whatever you call people that come in and teach um, parts of the day so you can have your uh, prep time. Uh, there's so many people that you can collaborate and build a relationship with and I think this podcast episode is perfect for highlighting all the ways that we can really build up those relationships and create a positive space for um, the learning that is to take place with your students. So I'm going to stop talking about it and let you listen in to Annabelle and I uh, talking about building great relationships in kindergarten classrooms. <music> Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Creative Kindergarten Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Annabelle. Hi, Annabelle. Hi, Amanda. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, thanks. I'm really excited for you to be talking about working relationships in kindergarten today because as an educator in Ontario, as an early childhood educator in Ontario, having a teaching partner and having teaching relationships is like a huge part of my everyday life. So having you on to talk about that is going to be really exciting. But before we jump into it, can you tell the uh, podcast audience just a little bit more about yourself? Perfect. Sure. So I have been teaching kindergarten for about six years. I did a couple LTOs in kindergarten and then was lucky to get a contract in kindergarten. But within that time, I worked on, I had to write it down, nine different kindergarten teams. Uh, between LTOs and mat leaves and things like that. So in my board, there are kindergarten teams that are one OCT and one DECE, and we call those core day uh, kindergarten classrooms. And then we also have extended day kindergarten rooms. So that is one OCT and then an AM DECE who typically works, say, 7 to 2.15. And then a PM one that works 1045 to 615. So then that's three equal, in my eyes, equal educators within the room. So that's just extra adults to kind of balance the good and the maybe not so good that we know that working with adults can be. But I'm just really passionate about this uh, topic because I value that relationship and that team so much. I have seen it where there are OCTs and teachers who get into kindergarten and in when I graduated and started teaching, it was always the FTK program. So I was lucky, maybe in a sense that kindergarten was always a teacher and an ECE. So I didn't know it in the old kindergarten way. 
I think that maybe the teachers who did like the half day kindergarten or the every other day where it was just them, I can understand that maybe that switch was big for them to kind of have someone else in their classroom that was just their own. But I just think that that partnership and what an ECE brings to it, like your education and my education, we have the same goal, but are very different. Mm -hmm. Like the way you look at things and things that you can bring to it. And I just think that is so important. And then there's so many teachers who go into kindergarten and don't want to work in a partnership. Then I think you should just, in a kind way, pick a different grade because (laughs) you can. (laughs) Yeah, the, the partnership, when it goes well, is an amazingly powerful educational tool that can do so well together. Like if I've had, I've been very lucky to have, I should have counted before we started, but I had one, two, three, four. I think I've had five different teaching partners in the nine years I've been doing um, kindergarten and the five teaching partners that I've had, like I'm still friends with these five teaching partners. Like I've had such great working relationships with every one of them. So having that powerful tool where we can get things done for our kids is just an amazing thing to have. But yeah, sometimes it doesn't go as well as we would like it to. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like you, I've been really lucky. And I think honestly, sometimes it is luck of the draw Mm -hmm. because I think that you assume that adults in similar professions all have the same viewpoints on life or same opinions. And we don't. And I went into it thinking like, I need to be best friends with my teaching partner. And if we're not best friends, then they must hate me and we cannot work together. And my friends kindly call me sometimes like a doormat just because I'm very much a people pleaser. I'm like, oh, it doesn't bother me that much or whatnot. And then at some point you have to kind of balance between, you know, letting things slide or things that are not a big deal or also not losing your viewpoint or the way that you think that things should be, Mm -hmm. should be done. And those are hard conversations. They are anybody, but especially your teaching partners. That's the person you have to work with. Like, uh, well, for you, it's different because you have two teaching partners that you work with. But for me, I spend all day with one person in the room with me, right? So if we're not getting along or we've had to have a tough conversation in the morning or I'm waiting to have a tough conversation after school, like that puts a lot of pressure on a relationship. Like I always told my teaching partner last year, we talked about this a lot. Like she was my work wife. Like I spent yeah. more time with her than I did with my husband. Sorry, hubby. He's the one yeah. editing this. Um, <laughs> but like, I would spend so much time with her and you have to like develop that relationship just as you would any other relationship in your life. Like whether it be with a friend or a husband or girlfriend, whoever it might be. Yeah. And I think it's hard sometimes when you, in most of my experiences, I've been at the same school now for a few years. So usually I know I, in the past four years, I've known at least one of my ECEs from a previous year. And then just like through LTOs and mat leaves, there's been one new person, but it's hard when you get that new person in August and then at the end of August, typically, and then you kind of have to go full force in two or three days. And you don't know each other enough and, but your kids are there and you have to act like you know each other and everything is, you're on the same page about everything. 
when meanwhile you're like, oh, I don't know, like, how are we going to, and like classroom management is one of those things that has to be so concrete and repetitive. And if you don't see eye to eye on that kind of stuff, that's tricky, but you don't even know that till maybe two weeks in and you're like, oh, why are they letting this slide? Or, oh, why are they yelling all the time? Or however you kind of do that. You can't have or shouldn't have those conversations around the kids, Mm -hmm. but then where do you find that time? Have those two, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of the, like, for the people that are not in Ontario who aren't maybe teaching kindergarten, um, a lot of the time when these partnerships are put together, depending on your principal, vice principal, your admin team, you might have no say in who your teaching partner is for the following year. Like you're just like told, here's your teaching partner for next year. Here's the person you're going to be spending eight hours a day with. Go ahead and meet up and figure your lives out. So it's just what, if you have good admin, maybe they've been able to figure out personalities and will kind of fit people together, but you know, not every time do they have like a great concept of what's happening in kindergarten classrooms. For sure. And in talking to some of my friends who are also uh, educators, it's also hard when you, you respect each other. But at what point do you go and have those conversations with your admin? Like if things aren't working, mm-hmm. my one friend was in a situation a few years ago and they went to their admin in June after the teaching partners were put together. And my board, it usually comes out kind of middle of June. And she's like, listen, I can't work with this person anymore. And her admin was like, well, I didn't know that. No one had told me anything. So now you have to work with this person again. And they were a core day. So it was just the two of them. Mm-hmm. So, and she's like, I wish I had known that, but it's also hard. You don't ever want to be that person going and you feel like you're talking behind their back, but it's, you kind of have to decide at what point you need someone else to have those conversations with. Mm-hmm. Even when I was in my, in an LTO, I am very much a type B person, which can be very annoying to some people. <laughs> <laughs> so I am more on the chaotic uh, glitter everywhere kind of side. And then I had a teaching partner and they were whatever is below type B. And (laughs) and I was like, wow, is this what everybody thinks of me? And I never said anything. I was like, oh, it's fine. I'm only here for a few months. It's okay. And then it was like, every day got like a little bit worse, a little bit worse. And then the admin came and they're like, oh, there's a lot of stuff in here. And I was like, yeah, but it's not, I was like, I don't really know where to put it or kind of thing. So then they pulled me aside and they're like, point blank, is this yours or is it not? And I probably had a look on my face and they're like, you have to be honest if things aren't working because it affects you and it affects your students. And they're like, so I'm going to give you a week to have the conversation yourself. And if you can't have that conversation, then I'll help you. And I was very thankful to that, that admin and I'd worked with them at a different school and I had to put on my big girl pants and have that conversation. And then that person thankfully was, they're like, Oh, I didn't know it bothered you. Like, I'll take it home. Or like, why didn't you say anything? But in my mind, it was such a big, scary thing Mm -hmm. that I was dealing with for like four months for apparently no reason. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. Like when educators are telling me like they're having issues in their partnership 
Like your number one thing is, have you had a conversation with your teaching partner? And again, like, like I said before, it can be scary. Like that lead up to that conversation and the dread, like I am not the confrontational type. I don't necessarily want to have those conversations, but I know from nine years of experience that if I don't have those conversations, like a week from now, it's going to be 10 times worse. So I might as well do it now before it's way worse. So that's always my number one piece of advice is like to just start with a conversation. Yeah. Just have in your mind, like what is bothering you? And then just go ahead and chances are that person's gonna be like, Oh, thanks for letting me know. I'll go and fix that for you. Like, right. So like having that conversation is definitely the first step. If you're having kind of issues within your partnership, I think. Mm -hmm. And after having so many different teaching teams now in September uh, when we meet kind of before the school year starts I kind of have in my mind okay these are my I'm not going to say non-negotiable things but like these are things that are important to me Mm -hmm. the way that we teach this or our classroom management for example right now in our classroom we basically use one of three kind of like classroom attention getters waterfall um, if you can hear me whatever and all three of us use those so that Mm -hmm. the kids know regardless of which of the three of us is in the room it's still the same expectations because for the kids at that age and developmentally if you're not consistent and they're smart enough to know oh I can get away with this with Amanda but I'm not (laughs) going to do that to Annabelle or oh Annabelle doesn't mind this like you think they don't notice that stuff but they do and they will take advantage (laughs) 100% they catch on quick those little kids yeah 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 (laughs) I think too, it in talking to other educators, it's nice to know that it doesn't have to be perfect though mm-hmm. to have a good working working relationship. You don't have to be best friends out of sight of school. Is it amazing? Absolutely. One of my best friends is a colleague, and that's a great relationship. But it doesn't have to be that way. But I found when I was supplying, I kind of typically took kindergarten jobs, and the number one thing as hard as it can be, because I understand and can relate to sometimes you're, let's be honest, happy to have a day without your teaching partner. If it's really that bad, Mm -hmm. you can be happy about it, but you would be surprised how many, then when you have a supply at ECE, you're like, oh God, gosh, Amanda, like, I'm so happy that so-and-so is in here. Like, I hate when they do this and they just releasing it. Yeah. And then really, you shouldn't, one, I don't even know you. I'm just not just a supply. I value supply teachers, but I'm only here for one day. I don't need to know that you hate every single thing about your teaching partner. Mm-hmm. And I know that can be hard sometimes, but yeah, that's just something I really remembered from supply teaching was like, I, regardless of what's happening, I don't want to be that person that is, I'll go tell my mom or my friends who don't yeah. know these people, but also in education, everybody knows everybody. Like mm-hmm. someone is going to know who you're talking about. And you don't want to be creating that environment for you or for your, for your teaching partner. Yeah. And it, it kind of just breeds that toxic environment where it becomes that cycle. So it all comes down to like that relationship is work, right? Like if, if you are having a hard, that much of a hard time with your teaching partner, when that you're happy, quote unquote, happy, if they're not there, then you need some kind of 
bigger intervention. You might need to call in admin. You might need support in order to get the relationship where it needs to be in order to be able to teach your students because we're there as educators for our students. So if that relationship isn't working, like again, the kids will notice. Like yeah. they, if they are going to notice um, different personality traits, they're going to notice if you're uh, the two adults that have to work together uh, in the room yes, don't yeah. like each other. And then are you modeling good relationships then for Probably them? Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. So that was... I supported a lot of educators um, and I get a lot of messages from educators. So they'll be like, oh, I've had conversations, but it's just not working. And then my next step is then you need to call in some extra support, like somebody to facilitate some conversations to help you work out some of these problems and to come out with like a plan or some kind of solution to help you through. Because I don't want to be in an environment like me personally, I wouldn't want to be in an environment where I'm not liking the person that I'm spending my day with. Like they don't have to be my best friend. No, but I do have to get along with them because or else my life is miserable. So yeah. Yeah. And like being in education is draining enough. We don't need the people we're with all the time to be that way. And yeah, sometimes it's an easy solution. Sometimes it's not, but either way, you kind of have to come up with a solution. Mm-hmm. My one friend, they, it was a situation that was very toxic for both of those, for both them and their ECE. And their admin honestly said, they were like, okay, so you have an outdoor learning space, you have a classroom. So split the kids up. It was like two months till the end of the year. And so they, it worked for them, I guess, but they basically did not interact. They would kind of swap what kids they had. And I'm sure the kids, some of the kids were thinking, oh, this is kind of weird, but the one did all their groups outdoor learning. The other one had the other ones inside and that's what worked with them. And then the next year they did swap up the teaching mm-hmm. partners because they were open enough about it that people knew. And then they were able to make partnerships differently. Um, I don't know what it's like at your school, but tip. I found in my experience, they typically change the teaching partners, but also at my school, because it is extended day rooms, they flip flop shifts. So Mm -hmm. I think too, at my current school, we were lucky that, so there's uh, four ECEs and three teachers. We have a half class as well. And so there's seven of us. And when we started the year that I started five years ago, two of the ECEs were the same and everybody else was new to kindergarten. So I'm sure those two ECEs were, that's, I can imagine was a stressful September, but it was kind of nice in a way that it was fresh for a lot of people. So there was no, there was no like hierarchy in the same way because sometimes I've worked in, I used to work in an ACE class, which in my board is um, like eight to 10 students with diverse special needs. And you work with three EAs. And I was very young, fresh out of teacher's college. And oh I went in. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I can do this. And you then still, I, I guess, had some energy. Yeah, I did. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, you know, I was learning. I didn't, I mm-hmm. still don't have all the answers. But one of the particular people that I worked with, they were very much of the opinion, you're young, so you don't know anything. And there was a lot I didn't know. And at first, like, oh, once I'm here for a bit, they'll, they'll take like my ideas or they didn't have to listen to them, but it was very much like, you're young, so you don't know. I'm older and more experienced and not that their ideas weren't great too, but a little bit of new isn't, isn't bad either. Yeah. 
Yeah, I always go in with the mindset of I will try anything. Like I never, even if I've tried it before, maybe with this class this year, and I like it might work even better or it might be a better solution for our students this year. So I'm never opposed to trying anything. And so I always go to into everything with an open mind. And then I decide whether or not like this is the thing that I want to be like, no, I'm not doing this anymore. Um, A few years ago, I had a teaching partner who is an amazing kindergarten teacher, but she's been teaching for a very long time in kindergarten. I think she's in like I don't even know you're 13 or something. And so she's, you know, she had things that she's always done her way. And to her credit, like she was very open to trying new things as well. So we made a great partnership in that way where I was willing to try her thing. She was willing to try mine. And we did a writer's workshop, whole group with 30 kids. And she'd always done writer's workshop, whole group, 30 kids. After it was done, I looked at her and I'm said, I, I told her straight up, I'm like, I'm never doing that again. I said, that was pure chaos. I have no idea what these peanuts learned. Like I want to do writing as a small group so that way we can target the individual skills that these kids need, because I feel like I wasn't able to teach them anything during whole group writers workshop. Like there's some kids in this two-year program that are three. Some of them are turning six, like a whole group writers workshop just didn't work. And so that was the hill I was going to die on that year. It was like yeah. that piece. And to her credit, she was like, okay, fine. We won't do that anymore. If you want to do it small group, we will do it small group. And so you have to advocate for yourself. Like not only do you have to be open to trying things and meeting somewhere in the middle, and you know, you're not going to like everything that your teaching partner is going to want to do. And that can be okay. You're going to have to let things go, but you're also going to have to advocate when it comes to those like hills that you just do not want to go over anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, as we, the more that we teach kindergarten, we kind of know ourselves more like what is important to Mm -hmm. us or what is our must do or must do not type thing. Mm -hmm. And when you can be honest about that, then it makes it that much easier. And I've been in situations where I'm like, oh gosh, I don't want to try this, but sure, I will do it. And then I'm like, oh, well, wasn't I wrong? Like that was the yep. best thing ever. And that's also okay to say I was wrong. So many times this year, so many times this year, my teaching partner's like, I want to do this activity. And I look at her, I'm like, really? Well, you're going to try that with these kids. And then it goes amazingly well. And she's like, yep, yep. there it goes. And I was like, you know what? That's fine. And then I wanted to do an activity and she's like, really, you think they're going to be able to do this? I was like, let's just try it. And then they did well. And so like, we're both in that mindset that like, Hey, let's try it. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Tomorrow's a new day. Like scrap it, try again, try something new. And so having that mindset, that flexibility in kindergarten is so important. And I find a lot of the quote unquote issues that are happening around partnerships are coming from places where people are not having that open-minded flexibility and it might be coming both ways. It might be one-sided and that's where a lot of the issues do come up, I find. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the part of that I really like about kindergarten outside of the relationship part is the fluidity of the FDK curriculum and the way that it's taught and the inquiry and how we kind of can take those curriculum expectations, but mold it to our students and their interests. And sometimes I think that we have to also think of the way that we're teaching like that, Mm -hmm. that 
it is also fluid. And what we did in September might not work for that exact same class in January or mm -hmm. even the next, the next week. And we have to recognize that in ourselves and kindergarten, as you know, is a busy place and it's yeah. loud. And if you're not flexible, then I don't know, like that sounds harsh, but it might not be the place for you because no day is the same. Good no. or bad, it is not the same. <laughs> Nothing. So. Uh, your plans get thrown out the window constantly. You have to yeah. change how you teach constantly. Like yeah. you're, you're constantly trying to meet the needs of your students and where they're at. And yeah. that changes day to day, even just depending on whether or not they had a good morning at home. Like, absolutely. It really can depend on so many different things. And because they haven't developed that like, um, social, social, emotional, um, develop, like they haven't developed those skills. Yeah. It makes it so much harder to like continuously meet their needs. So you have to have that flexibility to be able to do that in a kindergarten classroom. And yeah, and you have to give yourself the grace to just yeah. be like, yep, this isn't working. Let's do something yeah. different. Like pull the plug, <laughs> like abort, yeah. abort. Yes. And even I find part of being in that relationship is there are some days, myself included, where you just need to tap out from a student or a situation mm -hmm. or you need a minute. I mean, I think we're all kind of, we're three years into whatever we call this time period now. And education in general is different than what it looked like three, four years ago. And we're all kind of feeling burnt out at times. And it's nice to have someone to be like, you know what, can you actually work with this student for now? Or you need a minute or sometimes like yesterday was a full indoor rain day. And I don't know about your class, but it was not our best day ever. But just looking across the room and seeing another adult whose eyes were also like, what is happening was just like kind of nice to be like, okay, it's not just me. I'm also there witnessing this and it's okay. But uh, because sometimes it can feel lonely. I would imagine if you were in a classroom by yourself and you have nobody to kind of be like, are you feeling the same way or bounce ideas off of? And if you don't want to work in that partnership, then that's, I mean, I'm sure some people don't, but I just really value that, that time and those kind of conversations you can have of this is really hard, or I don't know what to do in this situation. And their different viewpoint might not work in some ways, but having a different can also solve a lot of problems mm -hmm. too, right? And it also having that other partner when you're just having one of those days where you need to be like, listen, I'm not at a hundred percent today. I need to just not tap out completely, but I'm working at a lower level today. Just so you know, like, yeah. like yeah. having those open conversations so that your teaching partner has, like, you don't have to tell them everything if you're more oh. of a private person, but yeah. like just relaying to them that, you know, this is what's going on with me today. I'm not at a hundred percent. I will try my best, but just giving them that feedback of like how you're feeling and how you're doing and how your day is going is also just really appreciated. I appreciate when my teaching partner comes and says like, I'm not feeling a hundred percent today. Like, sorry, I'm in advance. I'm not going to be uh, doing everything that I usually do. And I appreciate that. That's my heads up that, you know, that day I'm going to do a little bit more, but then if I have one of those days, I can count on her to be my support system as well. Sure. Um, and I was just reading, I wrote some bullet points in my non-type A uh, <laughs> <laughs> mindset, but 
that you also have to remember that even though you might not be best friends with your teaching partner, they are a person outside of mm-hmm. the classroom. So even their anxiety or their problems or their issues truly might have absolutely nothing to do with you, but what they're going on in their outside of their life can be affecting what's going on in the classroom. Or maybe they were a great teaching partner with somebody else, but their own life the year before was different. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you're like, oh, well, why does that teaching, that team work so well now? Was it me? But though both those people are one of those people could be in a different situation. During distance learning, I think like the first time, I mean, uh, the second time, the second big chunk, my, one of my ECEs, she had three children at home. Okay. I have no children at home. And the other one has one child at home. So I was at home, me and my dog relatively quiet except for when he would eat the wi-fi cable so my ability to be online live teaching looked vastly different Mm -hmm. than a parent who's trying to also teach their own three children or their one child right and so we kind of had a conversation of okay what's our day gonna look like and she was very honest and she said you know what i'm really struggling right now i'm trying to balance my own three kids and this this is what I can contribute to the planning. This is what I can contribute to our Google needs. And I was like, that's okay. Like, thank you for being honest. And we kind of planned around that. And I mean, she was thankful that we never made her feel bad for that. But I was like, this is real life. We're all living in a time that nobody can imagine. And when we went back to in-person, she was great. And not that she wasn't great online, but we just knew, you know, if her screen went black or, she like got kicked out of the meat kind of thing. It wasn't a reflection on us. It was just kind of what was happening mm-hmm. at home. And we just have to treat people like how we teach our children, our students to treat people. Yeah. Like giving each other that grace that, yeah. you know, we're humans outside of our work life. Yeah. And I always try not to bring like my personal life to work and, but it just some it seeps in sometimes. Like if you've had a rough day at home, like just like the kids, like you're it's yeah. gonna seep into your life. So even though you I'm not saying that you have to divulge your whole life to your teaching partner, having that resp- that relationship where it's reciprocal, where you tell them, like, hey, something's going on in my life. I'm not ready to talk about it. Um, but this is what's happening. It has nothing to do with you, but I might be checked out for the like a next couple mm-hmm. of hours. Like yeah. I need, I like, I'm waiting for a phone call, whatever it might be. Like it just, it helps other people give you grace. It gives yourself grace. It gives your teaching partner grace. And it just helps build that relationship. And that's like the fundamental part of building that relationship is like having those conversations and really having an open line of communication. Yeah. Yeah. I really feel very lucky in our entire kindergarten team at my current school that we are all like that. And even when the teaching teams change and stuff, truly, I personally feel, I guess I I can't speak for them, but I would be more than happy to teach with any of them. And part of that is that we all are open and we've known each other now for long enough type thing, but it's, uh, and maybe you can speak a little bit to this as a teacher I don't see it from the same point of view as you as like ECEs do. I find too, it's hard in kindergarten because in my experience, a lot of the time planning time teachers Mm -hmm. are either a lot of the time it's a 
a different subject teacher and they're just doing a couple, a sprinkling of planning time periods in kindergarten. So you can have up to, I've had up to three planning time teachers in my room, which I'm not there when the planning time teacher is there. So in that sense, it doesn't affect me in the moment, but I know from talking to my colleagues, it's hard when a planning time teacher is only there for 30 minutes or they come in and they don't value you as an EC or they're like, oh, well, the EC is here. So they'll just do everything and I'll watch playtime. And to them, it's just straight Mm -hmm. playtime. Right. And I would hope that you, that people value ECs and EAs and any kind of people that come into the classroom. But I know that that's not, that's not always that's the, not the reality of what yeah. happened. Mm-hmm. We have four planning or, well, we call them prep, prep teachers. Okay. Yeah. Planning time teachers. Um, we have four this year and I'm very lucky with the four that we have. They're all amazing. So, but I have had it in the past where there isn't that respectful relationship. And I don't even blame it on that teacher, even though maybe I could a little bit, but (laughs) there's no real understanding of the kindergarten program unless you've lived it. So when they're coming from like grade three to come down and teach a half an hour, there is no real understanding of that kindergarten program document. And so it's like, how many pages is it? 300 something pages. They're not going to read that for their 30 minute planning time once a week in kindergarten. So there isn't a true understanding of it. So part of the blame I think is just how, um, like teachers college goes about teaching about the kindergarten program in general, that there's not enough knowledge built around it. And I say that because we're talking about prep coverage teachers, there's not enough of it for ECEs, or at least when I was at school for um, an ECE, there wasn't enough knowledge built up about the curriculum itself. But I also think that, you know, the admin needs to take some responsibility where they're like our vice principal, our principal puts together our timetables and they're putting a random grade three teacher into a kindergarten class. And you're like, what's happening? (laughs) Like, why, why isn't kindergarten prioritized? Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of like filled in For sure. whatever like fits. Yeah. So yeah, I've also, again, had to advocate for myself and my role. And I usually start the year off with the prep cover teachers being like, I'm here to help you plan. Let me know what you need from me. If you need materials or anything, let me know ahead of time. I can gather them. And that has worked. And then sometimes it doesn't work and I'm kind of just treated like the helper. But in all honesty, when that happens, then I just, you know, sit with my students and I continue on with my day and I take it as in like, this is a little part of my day and I'm not going to let it ruin my whole life, even though, you know, it does suck and I continue to advocate for myself. It's, it's not always the ideal situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when it's just random. Yeah. Random. I think that's the only way that it can that it can work. But yeah, I just, I don't know. And maybe that's just, I, and I'm not, I'm not a perfect teaching partner. I'm sure maybe you can have them on the podcast, but um, (laughs) like, I just, I value them and I know they value me and we're very open and I'm very, I know that that's a, again, kind of going back to the luck thing, but we all want to work on a team. But I also think kind of what you were saying is that the planning time teachers, sometimes they're thrown in there. Or in the reorg of grades, you have a grade six teacher who's put in kindergarten and they they don't know anything about it and they're not taught about it. And that's a huge change for 
them. I just had my very first student teacher and FDK has been around for plenty of years now, long enough for it to be in their teacher's college program. And she said they don't talk about kindergarten whatsoever. To yeah, the it's point- like a scary subject. Like nobody wants to touch it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And she said that they were actually told in their practicum placement class that kindergarten teachers ask for or ask for student teachers to be helpers in the classroom. So when you go in there, they just want an extra body to watch their kids. They're not there to teach you. And I was like, well, that's one. Not true. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay. And I was like, do you feel that way? I'm sorry. She's like, no, no, no. And she's like, but they're scared to come in because they don't, that's what they're kind of, and maybe not every school, but that's what they were kind of the perceived notion was out there. Or they hear like, you know, East East and teachers don't get along. And mm-hmm. like, well, that's kind of a disservice to the program and everything too, but yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, I don't know. I doubt that the ECE college has changed their programming. They started talking about the curriculum a little bit when I was in school, like whatever, 10, 11 years ago, they had talked about it like a little bit. It was like this new thing that was just coming out. I hope that they talk a little bit more about it, but because an ECE can just like a teacher, like a teacher has like a wide range of grades that they could possibly teach. An ECE has a wide range of age groups that it could possibly teach from like early on centers to childcare programming to kindergarten classrooms. Like there's a wide range of like what you could possibly work in. So I hope that the kindergarten program is given just as much weight as the other places. I that is my hope of what's happening, not what I'm seeing happening with like yeah. new graduates, possibly. But yeah, I, I think there's just a very big misunderstanding of what a kindergarten program is supposed to be and how the partnership is supposed to look. And I'm really hoping that in the next few years there can be more resources that come out to help support partnerships and that beauty of it because I don't want it to go away because when it works it's such a beautiful thing and I've had five teaching partners and it has worked beautifully for me five times where I've gained so much from each of those relationships yeah yeah and I I feel so like I don't want to say bad that sounds maybe constant but I wish that everyone could experience what that good relationship is because it is it can be exactly what you need and when it works it works so well and it's beneficial for your students it's beneficial for us and the FDK program when it works is just is great it's amazing it is what it is and every year it's different but I just think that's so beautiful and I just wish that everyone could experience that and if I think in an ideal world, what would be so nice, especially coming from a board where there are, can be three adults in the room who are equally as important is if there were days where you could have once a month or twice, twice every term or something where you had a set amount of time with your entire kindergarten team, all classrooms to sit and be like, what are we going to do for outdoor learning or what is working or what's something really cool you are doing in your classroom? Because I find as a whole kindergarten whole, we don't have enough time to do that. Collaborate. Yeah. There is no time to collaborate and learn from each other, especially um, since like our COVID times when um, 
like before we used to have like we called them hubs where all kindergarten teams got together but we haven't even had professional development in years because they don't have enough supplies so there's nobody to come and like uh, come supply for us if we want to do any professional development. So we haven't had those opportunities. And yeah, that, like the partnerships in the classroom, but also the partnerships within the school are so important as well. And the other educators, like I'm really close friends with the teacher librarian at our school and I'm able to like plan with her and do these amazing things with her and like brainstorm and like come up with all these things. And that partnership, even though like she's not in my room with me every day, yeah. but that partnership with the teacher librarian at this school is like a beautiful thing, you know, teaming up with like the music teacher, like all those partnerships that you can build within the school are just as amazing as the ones that are in the same classroom as you. For sure. And I think too, that now that things are opening up a little bit more in terms of school, it's so you almost don't realize how much you missed those things. Like I work at a very small school and we noticed such a big difference when our kindergarten students couldn't play together. Mm -hmm. We had to, you know, we had this big yard, but my class had to be over here. The other class had to be on the far other side. And we, we do free fill Fridays. So that's, where the three kindergarten classrooms, the kids can play in any of the three classrooms. So the kids were all together. And when we were able to bring that back, it was just so nice for us as educators, but also for the students, because, you know, you make these classes and you don't know the kids and some kids don't have a core group of friends in their own classroom. But then when they can intermingle with the other kids, you see that they act differently, they regulate differently, they learn different things, socially, all that. And and even having buddies, like older mm-hmm. buddies in the school and other classrooms and people. So obviously snow pants season, as you know, is a little <laughs> bit extra chaotic, but there will be teachers and they'll like kind of stand and they're like, I don't know how you kindergarten educators do it. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like we do, I just stand and watch you and it looks like chaos. It looks terrible. And like, it would be the worst thing ever. But they're like, but you also look so calm. They're like, you're just down there putting on all these snow pants and everything. Like, but I would rather do anything else other than that. And I wish they could come in and see like how great it is too. Right. But yeah, Yeah, it's a wonderful age group. It's a wonderful program when it works well. And yeah, I'm hopeful that there's going to be more supports and professional development and things and which actually ties in perfectly segued it up over here because you're on the podcast because you reached out to me because you're going to be presenting at Camp Tinder. <laughs> Perfect segue. It's like I planned it. <laughs> so as far as professional development, Camp Kinder put on by Mariah from a playful purpose, like Chef's Kiss. Yeah. Amazing for kindergarten educators. Well, I don't even think it's just kindergarten, like educators across Canada. Yeah. It's beautiful. And you are going to be presenting at Camp Kinder in the summer. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I'm super, I went to Camp Kinder last summer. So I'm low key talking to a celebrity, everybody right now. So I'm just talking to Amanda on her podcast, but I also went to the virtual conference last year. And I feel like kind of what you were saying, how we're all missing this PD. It was the perfect way to do it. You was did multiple different workshops. You kind of got to pick what you wanted to go to. And it was nice to hear people one, have some of the same problems that like I myself had or hear new ideas and be like, Oh, I never thought of it like that. Or be like, okay, you do that too. And 
just kind of reassuring like that. But I'm really excited to talk a little bit more about what working relationships in kindergarten look like and how that can work in your classroom and ways that you can maneuver through those kind of tricky situations and how you yourself can grow when it is great and what the benefits of that are too. That's going to be an amazing workshop, a much needed workshop, I feel like in this kindergarten space. And I'm really excited to be able to watch your workshop. I'll put the info for Camp Kinder in the show notes for anybody who's interested. I don't even know if the wait list is open yet, but she does have the website up with all of the different workshops. I think you can sign up for a newsletter if you're really interested in going. But I I know I'll be posting about it when it eventually does um, open up for buying tickets for the summer. It's a great little workshop. And is this your first time presenting at PD ever? Ever. Yes. Yeah, I'm uh, one of those people that has like imposter syndrome that, like, oh no, like I'm not that good. Like who, nobody wants to listen to me talk. So that'll be exciting. And yeah, as you know, I can ramble on for however long. So, <laughs> so can I, we were match made in heaven right there. Perfect, I can perfect. Just ramble on about anything. <laughs> so if we were a teaching team. Our students would be like, okay, can they please stop talking? Can we get to something? <laughs> Yeah, that's basically sometimes I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna stop talking to you guys now. Go, go, go before I start talking about something else. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me, Annabelle. I really enjoyed having this amazing conversation with you. Yes, you too. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Creative Kindergarten Podcast. It was so amazing speaking with Annabelle and talking about how to build those great relationships in a kindergarten classroom. And you can follow her over on Instagram. She is at Miss Purston. I will put a link in the show notes so you can go and find her. I will also link the um, Camp Kinder Weekend website. It uh, is not even on pre-order yet, but you can go in and listen to the 2022, the summer of 2022 webinars if you'd like, or the workshops. And you can get onto the mailing list to know when the early bird specials start for the 2023 weekend that is happening this summer. I will be presenting again and looking through the list of presenters, it is going to be amazing. So if that's something you're interested in, make sure you get onto the mailing list so that you get to know when the early bird special pricing comes out. Again, thank you so much for joining me. And if you are not already following this podcast, make sure you do on whatever podcasting platform you are using so that you know whenever I put out new episodes of the podcast, which is usually every Tuesday. I hope you have a great day.